Blog Talk Radio. talking sports and having fun doing I want all your ideas, all your opinions, and all your beliefs. And of course, as always, you will get a heavy dose of my opinion. If you have an opinion, the number to call, 646-727-3070. That's 646-727-3070. You can listen to the show at blogtalkradio.com slash pgan. That's blogtalkradio.com slash pgan. And you can send messages to the show at blogtalkradio.com slash pgan in the chat room. Come on in, blogtalkradio.com slash pgan. You can chat it up with me, the host, Paul Gant, the one and only Paul Gant. And also, send messages to the show on Twitter, at go for again. And while you're there on Twitter, at go for again, give me a follow, at go for again, on Twitter. Great show lined up for you today. Expect to be joined by Redskins Pro Bowl linebacker, Lorenzo Alexander. We were supposed to have Lorenzo on last week. Something came up for Lorenzo. wasn't able to do it, but we we've have him. We, we'll have him on today. We're going to talk about the Redskins' big victory over the Cowboys. Talk about what the Redskins need to do to beat the Seattle Seahawks tomorrow, which is going to be a big time game, big time game. But we're going to talk about that. Talk about Lorenzo as he is in the Pro Bowl now, and we're going to talk about that as well. And you know he's going to go to Hawaii, and hopefully for Lorenzo. If things work out for him, he doesn't have to go to Hawaii. He'll go to New Orleans instead if his Redskins can get to the Super Bowl. It's going to be tough, but we shall see. Also expected to be joined by 49ers corner Chris Culliver. We're going to talk. The 49ers are on by right now. They're relaxing. They're chilling. They're waiting, getting rested up, and waiting for their opponent. Probably it's going to be the Packers in my mind. I expect it. Well, we'll see. But it could be the Packers. It could be the Redskins. It could be the Seahawks. It could be one of those three teams who will play the San Francisco 49ers and San Francisco as they earned the bye last week. So we got a great show lined up for you. Lorenzo Alexander at 135, Chris Culliver at 210. Great show. Should be talking. We're going to talk sports. We're going to have fun doing it. It should be a fun old time. I want to start in the NFL, obviously. It is wild card weekend. These first two weekends of the playoffs are great. They're so great. They're so exciting, the first two weeks of the playoffs. I mean, because you have the Saturday and Sunday working. You're, you're you're going both days, Saturday and Sunday, and because of that, it's great. Other than that, after that, you've got the championship weekend, and that's just Sunday, and obviously the Super Bowl, that's just Sunday. And then the Pro Bowl, if you're into that, that's just Sunday as well. So it's just Saturday, this wild card in the divisional round, you've got Saturday and Sunday working. You've got a lot of teams vying for a spot in the Super Bowl and ultimately to win the Super Bowl. Obviously, every team can't get there. There's only going to be two, and only one's going to win it. But it all starts wild card weekend. This is where it starts. This is where it gets started here, wild card weekend. It gets started right here, right now, wild card weekend. This is for all. This is for to get to the next round. Ultimately, this is win or go home. The ultimate winner go home. One game, win or go home. Lose, and you go home. That's just it. You lose, you go home. You win, you keep on going. And that's what this thing is about. It's the finality of it all. And a lot of great, great football 
lined up today. A lot of great football lined up today. A lot of great football lined up today. And let's start. You know, you got Minnesota and Green Bay, a rematch of last week. And Minnesota and Adrian Peterson, I tweeted that he wouldn't get Eric Dickerson's record. I mean, it's hard to get 200 yards in a game. He two, Well, 208 yards. He got pretty close. Got 199. I mean, well, that's hard to do. It's hard to do. He's had over 400 yards rushing against the Green Bay Packers in two games this year. So he's averaging over 200 yards on the ground against the Green Bay Packers. Adrian Peterson. He's a beast, obviously. He's a beast. Some believe he's the MVP. I don't. <clears throat> I think Peyton Manning is. But Adrian Peterson, if he wanted, I wouldn't argue. He's had a great year. He's a beast. And he's one of the reasons that the Vikings are where they're at. He is one of the reasons the Vikings are in the playoffs. If it wasn't for the play of Adrian Peterson, the Vikings would not be in these playoffs, obviously. But the Vikings got big play from Christian Ponder last week. Three big touchdowns, a career, for, a season high for him in a game. I mean, that was a he stepped up big time for the Green Bay Pack for the uh, Minnesota Vikings. I mean, he really stepped up for them in that particular ball game. You knew Adrian Peterson. You knew what you were going to get there from AP. You knew AP was going to do his thing. You knew AP was going to get big time yardage, do big time things. You knew that from Adrian Peterson. You knew that was going to happen. You knew. What that Adrian Peterson was going to do his thing. Again, I didn't think I didn't think 200, uh, well, 199 yards, and I definitely didn't think 200 yards. I didn't think that was going to happen. But obviously, you knew he was going to play big, and he played big. He played big for the Minnesota Vikings. He played big. Christian Ponder played big, and it was a shootout type of game. It was a shootout type of game. Like I said, Christian Ponder season best three touchdowns last week. I mean, he was big. He was big. He didn't throw an interception in this game. And you remember the last time these two teams played in Green Bay, he threw two big interceptions, you know, and, you know, those were big interceptions as uh, Minnesota was in Packer territory. So those were big interceptions by Christian Ponder in that first game. But in that second meeting, he cleaned it all up. He cleaned it all up. The Minnesota Vikings played big-time football, the defense got some pressure on Aaron Rodgers, but Aaron Rodgers did his thing. You expect Aaron Rodgers to do his thing. Aaron Rodgers is going to do his thing. Aaron Rodgers is going to do his thing. He's going to put up his numbers, and he did that. He did that. But this time, Christian Ponder put up numbers. AP put up numbers the first time these two teams played, put up numbers the second time these two teams played. first time these two teams played, Christian Ponder, I mean, he was picked off twice in the red zone in that first game, twice. That You, you can't have that. If you want to win ball games, you can't have turnovers, and you can't even have turnovers, especially in the red area. That's going to cost you football games. That's going to cost you football games. And that first game, the Vikings could have won. But the second game, Christian Ponder cleaned it all up. He played clean football in that second game last week, and ultimately that was the reason the Vikings were able to win. That was the difference. Adrian Peterson did his thing in both games. But the difference was Christian Ponder, first game 12 for 25, 119 yards, only one touchdown, two big picks in the red zone. Two big picks in the red zone. That was killer. That was killer. This time around, the final game of the year with all the, all the chips on the, you know, all the marbles on the table for the Vikings, even for the Packers for that matter, because they win, they get a bye. They get that first round bye. So it was a big game for the Packers, just like it was a big game for the Vikings. And Christian Ponder was a much different quarterback in this game. Mistake-free football, three touchdowns, 234 big yards. He played mistake-free football. The Vikings as a whole um, did their thing. And because of that, 
the Vikings were able, they were able to beat the Green Bay Packers and ultimately get to the playoffs. Give the Vikings a lot of credit. This is a hot football team. A lot of these teams that are in the, playing this wild card weekend are hot. I mean, Minnesota ending the year on a four-game win streak. That's hot. You're a hot football team when you do that. You're ending the year on a four-game winning streak playing some big-time ball. The Packers won four out of their final five games. Won four out of their five, final five games going into these playoffs. They're a hot football team. San Francisco, they're not playing this weekend, so let's go to the Colts. Another hot football team. This is a team that won five of their final six games to get into the playoffs. They're playing good football. They're a fairly hot football team. They're a hot football team. You look at the Bengals, 7-1 and one to end the year. You look at the uh, Seahawks, same deal, 7-1 and one to end the year. You look at the Redskins, obviously on a seven-game win streak to end the year. The two teams, the two teams that are really not hot right now are, that's playing in Wild Card Weekend are the Baltimore Ravens and the Houston Texans. The Houston Texans have limped into these playoffs. I mean, you looked at the Houston Texans a few weeks back. You were saying to yourself, okay, they pretty much have the number one seed. If you want to go to the Super Bowl in the AFC, you're probably going to have to go to Houston, at the least. You're probably going to have to go through Houston. It didn't happen. I mean, you know, at one point they were 11-1. 11-1. 11-1. And then... The wheels fell off. The wheels fell off. You lose to New England. New England blows you out in New England, beats you down in New England. I mean, that was not even a close game. It was a blowout. It wasn't close. New England beat you down. Then you beat Indy, and then you lose the final two games, one to the Minnesota Vikings. You shouldn't lose to the Vikings at home, even though they're a playoff team, even though they're, they've been a hot team on a four-game win streak. You shouldn't have lost to the Minnesota Vikings at home. And then you lose to the Indianapolis Colts, a game that meant nothing to the Colts but meant everything to you, and you still lost. So the Houston Texans have limped into these playoffs. They're limping into these playoffs. The Ravens, same deal. A team that struggled down the stretch. Joe Flacco struggled down the stretch. The Ravens team struggled down the stretch. And Joe Flacco and his Ravens, this is a ball club now that's lost five, four of their, last, of their final five games. They've lost four of their final five games going into these playoffs. They're limping in. Ray Ray will be back, Ray Lewis, in probably his final game in Baltimore. So he's going to be back. That's a lift for the Ravens. But this Raven team is not hot. This is a team that limped into the playoffs. Two teams that limped into the playoffs. The Ravens and the Texans are limping in. The rest, the Colts, their team, playing big-time football. They kicked in that door, kicked in that playoff door, going 5-1 and one, their final six games. The Minnesota Vikings, 4-0 and oh in their final four games. 4-0 and oh in their final four games, the Minnesota Vikings. Hot team, a hot team, the Minnesota Vikings. They're hot. The Green Bay Packers, this is a team, even though they lost last week, they are still a hot team. Still a hot team, won four, went four and won their final five games of the season. We know about the Redskins, seven-game win streak. The Bengals, seven and one, their final eight games. The Seahawks, seven and one, their final eight games. A lot of hot teams right now 
a lot of hot teams right now playing in wild card weekend. A lot of hot teams. And we've seen over the years, obviously all these teams can't get there, but we've seen over the year, years, the past couple of years, it's been that hot team who has got to the Super Bowl. Not necessarily the team with the home field, but the team that's been hot. The team that's been hot. And we saw last year with the New York football Giants, a hot team coming into the playoffs, a hot team. They played their best football at the most important time. They played their best football at their most at the most important time. And they went in, beat Atlanta, went to Green Bay, beat the Packers, and then went to the 49ers, San Francisco, and beat them. So they are a hot football team. It's been the hot team. The hot team that's been doing it and getting to the Super Bowl. The Green Bay Packers barely got into the playoffs. The hot team, the Green Bay Packers, they were the hot team. They get to the playoffs, and ultimately, they win the Super Bowl. So the last two Super Bowl winners were hot football teams. They were hot football teams, hot at the right point, at the right moment. And football teams now that play big-time football at the big time, at the right time. Big-time football in big situations. That was the Packers in 2011. That was the Giants in 2012. 2011, I should say, Giants and 2010 Packers. They were hot at the right moment. Well, Seattle, they're hot. And we look at it, two of the past I mean, the past two Super Bowl winners have played on Wild Card Weekend. They played on Wild Card Weekends, the Giants and the Packers. A lot of hot football teams right now. Seattle, hot. 7-1, and one, their final eight. The Redskins, hot. 7-0, and oh, their final seven games. Hot football team. Vikings, 4-0. and oh. Packers. 4-1, their final five. We know. These are a lot of hot teams right now. A lot of hot teams. But not all of them can, can move on. Not all of them won't move on. It's just the reality of the situation. The reality of the situation. They won't move on. Somebody's got to go home. And you look at the NFL, not always the best team, but it's the hottest team. It's not always the best team. Because I, I, I'll tell you, I thought the Packers were a better football team than the New York Giants a year ago. I thought that. And they just came out and played their worst game of the season. One of their worst games of the season. They were flat, ultra flat. They were big time flat against the Giants a year ago. They were flat. I thought they were a better football team. I really did. I thought the 49ers, in some respect, were a better football team than the New York Giants a year ago. Kyle Williams, two big fumbles, ultimately cost the 49ers that game and caused them a shot to get into the Super Bowl. But I thought they were a hot football team, the 49ers. I thought they were a better football team, I should say, than the New York Giants last season. I did. I did. So not necessarily the best team that always wins. The best team doesn't always win. Heck, I thought the Patriots were a better football team than the New York Giants a year ago. I thought the Patriots were a better football team. 
But again, again, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So the, the beauty of this the NFL playoffs is just one game. One game. One opportunity to play your best football. One opportunity. So you got to keep the turnovers to a minimum. you got to play your best football at the right time. And a lot of these teams in these playoffs are playing big-time football at the right time. We know the Bengals, 7-1 over the Final Eight. Vikings, 4-0 over the Final Four. Colts, big-time football. They played over the final few weeks of the season. 5-1, Redskins, seven-game win streak. Seattle, 7-1 to end the year. So these teams, all these teams, have played or are playing their best football right now. But the reality is somebody got to go home. Who's going to go home? Who is going to go home? Who's going home? Who's staying? Who's going? Who's going? Who's staying? Well, I think, you know, just looking at these games, the best, the most intriguing matchup is that Redskins-Seahawks game on Sunday at 4.30 p.m. That's the most intriguing matchup from the standpoint two rookie quarterbacks, two rookie quarterbacks putting up big-time numbers, two exciting uh, rookie quarterbacks to watch, two big-time running backs, Marshawn Lynch, Alfred Morris, who's had a big-time year for the Redskins, over 1,600 big yards for the Washington Redskins. So you look at it, Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson, RG3, Robert Griffin III, the thing about these guys is they put up numbers, but they don't hurt you. Griffin only 10, I mean, Wilson only 10 interceptions. RG3 even less, five interceptions. So these guys, they don't hurt their teams. They don't hurt their teams. They don't do it. They don't hurt their teams. That's something they don't do. They don't hurt their teams. They keep their teams in games. And these teams run the ball like no other. Beast mode, Marshawn Lynch, close to 1,600 yards rushing, 1,590, averaging five yards per carry. That's impressive. That's impressive. Five yards per carry, 11 big touchdowns. Alpha Morris, not too shabby, 4.8 yards per carry. Darn near five yards per carry for Alfred Morris. That's big time. So these teams run the ball. These teams run the ball. Top two were one of the top two rushing teams in the game. These teams run the ball like no other. You got the Seahawks, who are third in rushing yards per game, and then you have the Washington Redskins, who are first, number one. So you got number one and number three. Number one and number three in running the football. These two teams run the football like no other in this league. They get it done. Beast mode and Russell Wilson for the Seahawks. Alfred Morris, RG3 for the Washington Redskins. This is the most intriguing matchup of these playoffs, of this wild card weekend, I should say. Because the playoffs, there are a lot of games to be played. But this is the most intriguing matchup. Two Rookie quarterbacks, how about it? I mean, you got the, uh, the three best rookie quarterbacks this year, all three playing wild card weekend. You got the top two p- 
picks in the draft. Their teams are in the playoffs. I mean, this is you know this has been a big time draft in terms of quarterbacks. It's been a big time draft in terms of quarterbacks. I mean, Russell Wilson, Andrew Luck, and Robert Griffin III. We could be talking about them as the top three quarterbacks in this league for years to come. I mean, these guys are putting up numbers. And I was one of the guys earlier in this year when Russell Wilson had some of his struggles. I was thinking, you know what, maybe it's time to go to Matt Flynn. Maybe Matt Flynn is the guy for the job for the Seahawks. I was one of those guys because Russell Wilson was having some struggles. But he turned it around. He turned it around. This Seattle Seahawks offense, that three-week stretch where you had a 58, a 50, and a 42, I mean, points, I mean, that's big-time points. That's an average of 50 points a game in three weeks. That's big time. That is absolutely big time. In a three-week span, you average 50 points. This is not college. This is the National Football League. And that was that's what the Seattle Seahawks team was doing, including 42 big points against the San Francisco 49ers. So they were putting up points, the Seahawks' offense, for that three-week span putting up big-time points. Russell Wilson was a big part of that. Beast Mode was a big part of that. That defense was a big part of that. That ferocious pass rush, they get after you. They get after you in Seattle. They get after you. They really get after the quarterback. Now you wonder, RG3, his health. I mean, against the Eagles, he looked a little slowed. You remember that five-yard scramble where he stepped out of bounds against the the Cowboys? He looked much better, but you, you, you still had that bulky press, brace, I should say. You still didn't see 100% Robert Griffin the third. This week he's going to have to be that guy, I think, close to it, because of the pass rush that the Seahawks have to offer, because of the ferocious pass rush. Chris Clemens and those boys coming after you, coming after you, and coming after you hard, Clemens. And those boys coming after you, coming after you. So you're going to have to be big time. You're going to have to be able to get around and move around a little bit. You're going to have to be able to move around a little bit. You're going to have to be able to do that if you're RG3. Robert Griffin the third. Because Clemens is coming. You're going to have to be able to move RG3. You're going to have to be able to move. He's coming. He's definitely coming. So RG3 is going to have to be able to move. He's going to have to be able to move. Can he do it? Will he do it? I think he will. I think he will. And I look at this game, and it's so difficult, so difficult to go against RG3. Just the way he's been playing this year. Just the the, this, the way he's been playing this year, and the way this Redskins, these Redskins have ended this season, so difficult to go against RG three, so difficult to go against a guy who's been big time throughout the course of this year and near the end of this year, so difficult, so difficult, so difficult to go against them. They're hot, the Redskins. They're hot. The Seahawks. These are hot teams right now. Hot football teams. And we've seen. 
the hot team, the last two seasons, the hot team is the team that's gotten to the Super Bowl. The question becomes, who's going to be the hottest out of the hot teams? And will that trend change this year? Well, you could argue the Broncos. I mean, the Broncos are a hot football team, 11 in a row. They're probably the hottest football team right now. 11 big wins down the stretch. After starting 2-3, and three, they won 11-0 to end the season. Peyton Manning has been big time. The Broncos' defense has been big time. And it's the Bronco team that I had at the beginning of the year. At the beginning of the year. This is the Broncos' team that I had going to the Super Bowl. Granted, I had them playing the Philadelphia Eagles. And we all know what happened to the Philadelphia Eagles, 4-12, and fired their coach, Andrew Reid. Andrew Reid's now in Kansas City. So, the Denver Broncos are a high football team as well. But we're just focusing on wild card weekend. But the hottest of all the hot teams is the Denver Broncos. They are the hottest of all hot teams. The Denver Broncos are. They are a hot, hot, hot football team. Very hot football team. So we'll see the Seattle offense, defense, I should say. Will they get after RG3? Will they get after RG3? We shall see. We shall see. But it's going to be interesting. It's definitely going to be exciting. Football this weekend, especially Sunday at 4.30. But even these other games today, I mean, a rematch of uh, last year's playoff with the Bengals and the Houston Texans. Houston Texans, a team limping into these playoffs, a team not playing the same type of football that they played earlier in the year. They're just not playing that same type of football. They're limping into these playoffs. They're limping. Limping, 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 limping. And you look at this Texans defense and you figure, you know what, big-time defense, don't give up a lot of points. But guess what? They've given up the same amount of points as the New England Patriots defense. And that's ninth in this league. 331 points. So you look at that and you say, okay, so maybe the Patriots defense isn't as bad as we think they are, and maybe the Houston Texans defense isn't as good as we think they are. But this Texans, these Texans, I mean, this was a team that started 11-1 and and just really just went down the tubes, down the tubes, man. I mean, it really, really, really went down the tubes. I mean, they were just awful to end this year. They did not play. Texans football. He really didn't. The Houston Texans, were they good the final few weeks of the season? Were they good? Were they good? No. The buzzer says no. They were not. They were not. They were awful. They were awful to end the year. They were awful to end the year. But I wouldn't sleep on them. I would not sleep on the Houston Texans. With all that being said, the way they played down the stretch, the poor play down the stretch, a team that lost to the Colts, and again, that mattered nothing to the Colts, but mattered so much to the Houston Texans, uh, a team that, okay, lost to the Minnesota Vikings, that only you know the Vikings are in the playoffs. That's not a team you lose to at home if you're the Houston Texans, especially when you have so much on the line. I mean, the Houston Texans went – from number one all the way down to three in a matter of weeks. And then, you know, obviously in a matter of hours. 
because all they had to do was win. They had to they controlled their own destiny. All they had to do was win the game. Win, and you get the number one spot. When you get the number one spot, that's simple. Against a team you already beat in the Indianapolis Colts, against a team that game really meant nothing to them. Maybe it meant something with Chuck Pagano's return. Maybe Chuck Strong and that whole deal. Maybe that inspired. Maybe that pushed. And maybe that helped. And maybe that helped push the Colts along. But this this Texan team ended the year 12-4. Matt Schaub. Seemed to have some struggles down the stretch here. He didn't play the way he's played earlier in the season. This team as a whole hasn't played the way they played earlier in the season. The defense hasn't played the way it's played earlier in the season. There's a lot of struggles right now in Houston. But they have a home game against the Bengals. Bengals are a hot football team. But I, I just, Houston, I just really like, you know, them being at home. But will it be enough? Even though they're at home, will it be enough? Will it be enough? Even though they're home, will it be enough? Will it be enough? Will it be enough? At this point, we shall see. And I'm going to save my picks. I'm going to save my picks for now. But I'm leaning in certain directions, obviously. I'm leaning in certain directions. You got the Colts and the, the, the Ravens. Now the Ravens. Ray Lewis, his prob- his final game in Baltimore. Ray Lewis calling the quits after this year. The Ravens team, who had some struggles down the stretch, there's no doubt about that. Joe Flacco has had some struggles down the stretch, no doubt about that. This is not. Your father's Ravens defense. You can make plays against this defense. This is not the 2000 Ravens defense. Plays can be made against this Ravens defense. You can run the ball with some success against this Ravens defense. Teams have. They're 20th against the rush. You get in, you can pass the ball against this Ravens offense, defense, I should say. Teams have. They're 17th. Middle of the road. Middle of the pack against the pass. This is not your father's Ravens defense. It's just not. It's just not. It's just not that defense. It's just not that defense, that Ravens defense that we all know and love. It's not that defense anymore. Could argue it's not that same. It's not the same Ray Lewis anymore. Could argue it's not even the same Ed Reed anymore. You can make that argument about the Ravens. I mean, it's a defense now is middle of the pack in total. Just a middle of the pack, middle of the road defense, this Baltimore Ravens defense. Middle of the road defense. They're in the middle. They're in the middle. They're right there in the middle. Ravens defense. So, obviously not the same Ravens defense that we all know and loved for many years. Obviously not that same defense. It's just not. It's just not plays can be had and plays can be made against this Raven defense. Can the Colts do it? Can the Colts do it? Can Andrew Luck do it? I'm sure he can. But one thing about Andrew Luck, unlike RG3 and unlike Russell Wilson, Andrew Luck turns the ball over a lot more than those guys. He turns the ball over a lot more than RG3, 
a lot more than Andrew Luck. I mean, a lot more than Russell Wilson. So Andrew Luck is a guy now who will give you opportunities. He will give you opportunities. So there are opportunities for the Ravens in terms of turnovers against this Indianapolis Colts team. There are opportunities. Andrew Luck, big-time numbers, obviously, big-time year, but he has had some interception issues. He has been prone to throw picks, and that's expected for a rookie. 23 touchdowns but 18 interceptions. 23 big touchdowns but 18 picks for Andrew Luck. So unlike RG3, unlike Russell Wilson, you will have opportunities. Also 10 fumbles for Andrew Luck. 28 turnovers for Andrew Luck this season. 28 turnovers. So he's going to give you opportunities. He's going to give you opportunities. Going to give you opportunities. Can and will teams take advantage of it? Can and will the Ravens defense take advantage of it? Ed Reed is out there floating around. You know Ed Reed likes his interceptions. You know Ed Reed likes his picks. You know Ed Reed likes that. And he's going to be around, floating around. We shall see. I'm leaning a certain way, but I'll get to that in a moment where I'm going to go. Stick around. Stick around. These picks that I'm about to make are going to be good. These picks I'm about to make are going to be real good. You're going to love these picks. And maybe you can use these picks for entertainment purposes only. (laughs) Maybe. When we come back, we're going to talk to one of the participants of Wild Card Weekend, Lorenzo Alexander of the Washington Redskins. You're listening to Go For It on Block Talk Radio. Okay. Hey, what up? It's Corey Almeida, a.k.a. Corey Live, host of Picturica on the Hub and warm-up host for American Idol and Dancing with the Stars. And right now, you are listening to Go For It on Blog Talk Radio with my man, Paulie G and Jeremy. Get it! We're back. We're back. In any moment now, we're going to bring in a guy who's had a big-time year, pro bowler on special teams, a guy who's made a lot of plays for the Redskins over the years, on special teams. He's finally gotten his just due. He's finally gotten his just due in terms of making a Pro Bowl, and that's big time for him. That's a big-time situation for this man, and we're going to bring him in now. Let's bring him in now, Pro Bowler, a guy now who's a part of the NFC East winning Washington Redskins the one, the only, Lorenzo Alexander. Lorenzo, how are you, man? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Doing well. Thanks for joining us. Well, I appreciate it. Lorenzo, first division title for the Washington Redskins since 1999. Your first playoff appearance since 2007. How does it feel? It's great. I mean, it's being able to be Dallas at home, um, something that we haven't been able to do for a long, long time. Um, you know, winning the division, uh, you know, after underachieving, I think, so many years, you know, with all the talent we've had on the Redskins, and now to kind of bring it together, turn our season around, seven wins in a row, it doesn't get much better than this. But uh, at the same time, we understand uh, we've only given our, ourselves the opportunity to, to win the big one, 
Now it's on to um, Seattle and getting ready for those boys, Russell Wilson, uh, Marshawn Lynch coming to town, and we're going to have our hands full. Definitely. We'll get to that in a moment. But let's go to the, to the game against the Dallas Cowboys. Tony Romo had a lot of success against you guys on Thanksgiving, over 400 yards passing. He had three touchdowns in that particular game. This game, a whole different story. You caused three interceptions. What made you guys so effective against Romo and the Cowboy offense this time around? Well, I think the first game, uh, we were able to play great football against him for three and a half quarters. And um, at the end, he found a way to create a big play, him and Dez Bryant. This this time around, we pretty much eliminated that. Uh, they did have a couple of, you know, chunk plays, but it was nothing, you know, over over 20 yards. We was able to keep him in front of us all game, and I think that was the biggest thing. And also, um, Coach Hazlitt did a great job of drawing up some blitzes that uh, the Cowboys really were never able to adjust to, weren't able to block it up front. Uh, Tony was uh, definitely scrambling a lot, and I even heard he even broke a rib. So, uh, when all that's going for us, we played well. And then we had guys step up, you know, making uh, the most of the opportunities. You know, Rob Jackson getting that pick in, in a critical moment. Uh, Josh Wilson and Richard Crawford, you know, all creating turnovers in that game. And anytime you have three turnovers in a game, your winning percentage goes up through the roof, and uh, that's what we were able to capitalize on that. And you guys definitely capitalized. You had a big-time performance by your defense. But you also had a big-time performance by your rookie running back, Alfred Mars, rushed for 200 yeah. yards. Talk about his performance. You know, he, that's something he's been doing all year. You know, steady, pounding guys, making guys miss. Uh, that offensive line has really been opening up some great holes. You know, even with Robert um, being uh, limited, you know, in, in some way, uh, he's still able to run that rock hard. And it's just a, a testament to his work ethic, um, him taking care of his body. You know, Bobby Turner uh, coaching him up. You know, you got everybody, D.Y. blocking for him. And, and the guys just keep turning. I mean, it's just amazing what he's been able to do his rookie season. Most of the time you see guys kind of fade away. But he seems to get strong as the season goes on. So I'm very impressed with what he's, what he's doing and, and very, very happy that he's a Redskin. And he's one of the reasons you guys have won a division. There's another guy who's one of the reasons you guys won a division. That is Robert Griffin the third RG3. You've been through some tough times, Lorenzo, in Washington. Talk about what RG3 meant to the change of culture in D.C. Well, the biggest thing is that you have a, um, a quarterback – that uh, kind of transcends the game. And I think if you look at any great team that's won the Super Bowl or, or, or been perennial playoff teams, they have that solid guy at quarterback that can ultimately win games for you. And he's such a dynamic player. Um, he's able to put this, this team on his shoulders, which he's done constant times throughout the season, and uh, will, it, will us, you know, to a win. Um, so it, it's just great to see how well he's done at, at such a young age, you know, only being a rookie. Um, but he's just going to continue to get better, and that's the scary part of it. So um, I definitely can't wait to see what we do during the playoffs and also as he moves forward in his career. And looking at this, looking at RG3, I mean, did you in the summertime, did you expect 20 touchdowns, only five interceptions, over 3,000 yards passing, over 700 right. yards rushing, 102 quarterback rating? Did you expect yeah. that out of RG3 this yeah. summer? Yeah, I couldn't really quantify it in those numbers. I didn't expect that he would be this great so soon. I knew he would make a huge impact. But, you know, as a rookie quarterback, it's always hard to tell. You know, they normally have a lot of turnovers, whether it's fumbles or interceptions like Andrew Luck did. Um, but, um, you know, he's just been great, and that's a testament to how hard he works. Um, you know, receivers holding on the balls, him studying the plays, Kyle putting him in great position. Um, and then also our running game. I think uh, being able to be so dynamic with Alfred and, and also with Robert's feet, it uh, it causes guys to either step up or be a little bit slower dropping in coverage, which really helped us uh, in his turnover ratio this year. 
We're talking to Lorenzo Alexander, Pro Bowl linebacker for the Washington Redskins. Lorenzo, let's get to you now. Last week, a great week for you. What was your initial reaction when you heard you had made the Pro Bowl? Um, it was uh, gratifying, humbling, you know. It was, it was awesome. There's been a lot of work put into it, you know, from Danny Smith, my special teams coach, um, to all the guys that's on the kick- kickoff coverage units now, from Reed Dowdy, Miles Paul, you know, Brian Keel, Chris Wilson, all these guys, and, you know, guys in the past that I've played with, Rock Carwright, James Thrash, Mike Sellers, Kerry Campbell, guys that have really helped me uh, develop into the player that I am. And I think all these teachers, you know, kind of coming together has really allowed me to be uh, the dominant special teams player I am. And, you know, I'm just appreciative, and I'm just really the, the bearer of, of the, you know, of that nomination. But I think it's really um, kudos to everybody who's played a part in uh, my development as a player. And, Lorenzo, you led the league in special team tackles with 19. Did you think with the success that your team had that this was going to be your year? Well, it definitely helped. Um, you know, uh, when you win, people tend to vote for winners. Um, I also knew that the guy out in San Francisco, C.J. Stillman, uh, was, a, was a great uh, special teams player as well. And uh, pretty much I figured it would come down to me and him. Either he would go and I'd be the ultimate or I would go and he'd be the ultimate. So um, I think that's the way it turned out as far as me achieving that. I believe he's the first alternate. So uh, it's just great to be recognized, you know, especially over the last three years when I really felt that I was at the top of the heap to finally uh, get that nod to, to go over to Hawaii. Uh, but the, the great thing about it now that we put ourselves in a position where I hope I don't go. You know, hopefully I'm in New Orleans <laughs> instead of Hawaii. Definitely, definitely. And, and you're a guy throughout the course of your career. You bounced, bounced around from position to position, play a little tight end, a little defensive tackle, a little, little everything. Right. You're a guy who really came up the hard way pretty much. Does that make this honor, this Pro Bowl honor, all the more sweeter? Almost definitely. You know, being an undrafted guy, a guy who's been cut a couple of times, you know, been told I was, you know, too short to play this and too slow to do that, and to really uh, show that hard work, dedication, um, and, you know, your heart can really sometimes supersede talent, you know, natural talent, and um, it, it's just a great feeling. You know, it's been a long road. You know, at one point I was thinking about giving up football and now to be a leader, a captain in my locker room, and, and to be respected around the league as one of the, the most uh, dominant special teams players. Just, uh, you know, only God could do something this great. Um, and uh, it's just amazing to be a part of it and participate in it and uh, just – you know, just continue to, to work harder, uh, continue to get better, um, you know, never get into complacent, and just continue to move forward. Lorenzo, a few weeks back, at one point you guys were 3-6, essentially left for dead. Did you ever expect that you would be talking about the playoffs? Did you ever expect that you would be playing wild card weekend? Yeah, you know, honestly, uh, you know, when you looked at it at 3-6, and six, it, was, it was very hard to say we can win seven games in a row. Um, you know, and be honest about it, you know, especially how we've been playing um, that, that first initial nine weeks. But after coming back and, and, and Coach Shanahan coming in and, and just breaking it down, you know, making it game by game, um, it, it's something a little bit more manageable. You know, just going week by week. Because uh, each week you, you suit up after preparing well, you, you feel you can go out and win. So, you know, taking that mentality to the field, um, each week being a playoff week and just focusing on the week at hand and not trying to look at the big picture, it was definitely more obtainable and achievable, and uh, you saw that we were able to do that. And once we start winning, you know, three or four games in a row, you know, God's playing with confidence, and, and we definitely right. felt that we had a great chance, especially playing divisional games. I mean, I think the last four of our seven or four of our six games were divisional games. And you're very familiar with these teams because you play them twice a year, every year, 
and you see you can go out and beat them at any time. Um, so we were very comfortable with that, and I think that really helped us in our uh, journey as far as winning the NFC East. We're talking to Pro Bowl linebacker Lorenzo Alexander of the Washington Redskins. And Lorenzo, in the NFC, a lot of talk of Packers. You hear talk of Falcons. You hear talk of Niners as the favorites to get to the Super Bowl. Do you feel like you guys can make some noise in these playoffs? Oh, most definitely. I mean, obviously we played our, our, our best ball right now. Everybody's coming along. Uh, we're definitely molding and, and gelling at the right time. Um, but we got to go out and prove it. You know, it's, it's one week at a time. Got to take the same mentality we, we've been doing these last seven weeks, and it's all about Seattle. And I think they're probably the hottest team in the NFC East right now. Right. Uh, what they're able to do offensively uh, with Russell Wilson and Marshawn Lynch, defensively with that, that front seven and those physical uh, corners out there. And we can't forget about the, the special teams. You know, Leon Washington is a pro bowler. Um, Itself and it's probably you know one of the best guys I've ever played against as far as speed, power, uh, quickness, uh, making guys miss. So we're gonna definitely have our hands full in all three phases, um, and, and that's why you love going to the playoffs because you get to play against the best of the best, and uh, you get to go out there, lay it out, be physical, and uh, you know really rise your game uh, to the next level. What do you feel like you guys need to do to limit Russell Wilson at Seattle Seahawks offense? I mean. There was uh, three weeks ago, I mean, three straight weeks. They had two straight weeks of 50 points. They had 42 points the week before uh, against right. the 49ers. What do you guys feel like you need to do to limit Russell Wilson and that Seattle Seahawks I, offense? You know, I, I really believe um, it's all about um, limiting Marshawn Lynch. I think he really okay. allows Russell to do a lot of different things. If you got Marshawn, you know, Beast mode, you know, like he calls it. I play with him at Cal, so I know what he's all about being from Oakland. <laughs> if you allow him to get going and, and get physical and show all that attitude and really dominate a game, Russell Wilson can do whatever he wants to. I mean, the read options, zone options, got to honor that, got to honor the play action. And he's able to stretch the field and, and, and go down the field on you and then also get out of the pocket. So what we need to do is really focus on, I think, Marshawn, um, um, trying to dominate him as best we can, making the game real physical and, and make him earn his yards and, and you know, eliminate to under 100, you know, if not better than that, and uh, try to make it a one-dimensional game and put it all on Russell Wilson where he has to drop back, sit back, read coverages, um, and throw the ball, you know, and, and try to throw the ball on us. And I think and if we can get a couple of turnovers, we'll be all right. And you talked about that read option. Obviously, RG3, Alfred Morris, you guys have had a lot of success with in Washington with that read option. How difficult is it is that to defend? I mean, as a linebacker, it's really hard, especially when you got a guy, you know, like Alfred that's running the ball well and, and Robert who can who can fly as well. So um, you really have to be disciplined, you know, read your keys. Uh, you know, one hesitation the wrong way, you know, the, the offensive line is up on you, blocking you, and, and the guy is either hitting you up the middle for four or five yards or you got Robert on the outside. So it, it, it's really hard, um, especially since Robert is so good at that play action, holding the ball in there until the very last second. So you really have to be disciplined, and a lot of that plays into our play-action game as well. So it, it kind of hits you on all cylinders. So if you're not able to stop one and really, um, you know, kind of take something away, it's almost impossible to really defend. And you look at Seattle, a team that's big time at home, but a little a, a different team on the road. You guys have them in Washington. Do you think that's an advantage for you guys? Um, Maybe. Maybe not. Obviously, uh, Redskin Nation will be out in full force, and I know they're going to have it pumping and, and loud like they did this last weekend. But I've seen this team travel to the East Coast before and put up 50 points on the team. So uh, we definitely got to have our hands full. We can't assume that uh, just because they're traveling, you know, uh, 
three over three time zones that they're going to come out and be sluggish. Uh, they've done it before. They've prepared for it uh, during the regular season. So I definitely think we're gonna, they're going to come out and give us the best shot. And Seattle, 8-0 at home, 3-5 and on the road. So this is a different team on the road. Lorenzo, you're doing big things in the community with your ACES Foundation. Tell us a little bit about your foundation. Well, something I started back in 2008 with my mom and my aunt in Oakland. Uh, you know, that's where I was born and raised, uh, really about um, empowering youth, giving them opportunities, educating them about how to be successful, whether that's exposing them to, you know, uh, people in, in the world that have come from the same communities as them who have gone on and done great things by going to college, uh, getting in the business world, um, or just providing them, you know, simple services like back to school, you know, uh, giving them school supplies, backpacks, stuff so they, they can go to school and, and, and do a great job. Um, since, you know, I've been in the Redskins community over the last seven years, we've brought a lot of those programs here. Um, and I'm just all about giving back and uh, trying to make the world a better place because I understand that I wouldn't um, be in this position and have this platform that I have if people wouldn't have took out the time for me. I could have easily been one of the guys that I grew up with that's in jail or still on the corner hanging out. Uh, but people need to, you know, give the time, you know, give a little bit of their, their money and uh, uh, some of their wisdom, and, and it really goes a long way as far as uh, changing our communities uh, from the bottom up. And where can we find information about this great foundation? You can go to LorenzoAlexander.org. Um, you know, we always have uh, constant events. If you want to volunteer at one of our programs, either in the D.C. area or Oakland area, you can email us there. Um, you know, and, it's, and we always got something going on in the community to get involved in as well. And, Lorenzo, you are going to the Pro Bowl. You hope not to be there. You hope to be in New Orleans. But if you are in Hawaii, who are you taking I'm one who's available to go to Hawaii, but who are you taking to uh, Hawaii? Yeah, I've been getting a lot of requests since I made it. But I'm uh, I'm taking, obviously, my, my family, my wife, my three kids. Uh, my mother, my uncle, and my father are going to all come with me as well. So uh, we're going to have a great uh, family uh, time out there just to get to hang out, relax, you know, with some of the other guys uh, around the league. Definitely. Lorenzo, you've earned it. Your Redskins have earned it. You guys got a tough task this Sunday against the Seattle Seahawks. Good luck with that. Good luck with your foundation, man, and let's do this again. I appreciate it. Take care. Lorenzo Alexander, Pro Bowl linebacker for the Washington Redskins. His Redskins have a tough, tough, tough task tomorrow against the Seattle Seahawks if they want to move on. They're hot. The Seahawks are hot. Their quarterbacks are hot playing big-time football. Their run games are hot. They're running the ball like no other. This should be an interesting game. This should be a very, very interesting game. It's the highlight to me of Wild Card Weekend. Redskins, Seahawks, who moves on, who goes home. I want to switch gears now. I want to move to Lance Armstrong, Cycle King, the guy who's done so much for the sport of cycling, so much for to, to fight cancer and, and everything with with all with his foundation, his Live Strong Foundation, his bracelets and everything. Well, report is Lance Armstrong may confess. He may finally confess and may finally tell us what we probably have known the past couple of years, past few years, that Lorenzo uh, Lance Armstrong is a cheat. He took performance enhancing drugs. Everybody in cycling is doing it. I know all the big-time winners in cycling are cheats, have been cheats, 
And uh, the reality is Lance Armstrong probably is no different. And, and because of it, you know, maybe it is time for Lorenzo, not Lorenzo, I keep saying Lorenzo, Lance Armstrong, it's time for him to confess. It's time for him to confess and tell us what we already have known. He's already been stripped of his seven Tour de France titles. That's already been taken away from him. All of his associates, I mean, a lot of people associated with Armstrong have admitted it and came out. I mean, it's time for him to admit it. He's telling people that, uh, this, this is according to a report in the New York Times, he's telling people that he may admit that he's used performance-enhancing drugs. report also talked about Armstrong wanting to restore his career and, and you know, in terms of triathlons and running events. So this is what he wants to do, and he feels like if he comes out, this according to a report, maybe if he comes out and confesses, that will help that situation. The reality is Lance Armstrong is a fraud. I mean, let, let's tell it, let's keep it 100. Lance Armstrong is an absolute positively positive fraud. He's absolutely positively a fraud. And the reality is he's a cheat just like everybody else in cycling. He's cheated just like everybody else. He's a fraud. He is a fraud. He is a fraud. And we all know how he recovered from cancer and everything. His his comeback from testicular cancer, that was impressive, obviously. But he needed a little help. And that help came in the form of performance-enhanced drugs. Lance Armstrong is a fraud. And, and because of what he did in coming back from cancer, and you might want to put quotations behind that, but he did come back from cancer. He obviously came back from cancer. You can't put quotations behind that. But you can put quotations behind all the other stuff that came with it. I mean, winning those Tour de France, obviously, you can put, you know, you can put some asterisks behind it. Obviously, they've been taken away from him. So you can, put, you can take it away. It's gone. It's, it doesn't exist anymore in terms of Lance Armstrong winning those seven Tour de France, and rightfully so. He's a cheat. He is a cheat. The reality is he is a cheat. Lance Armstrong cheated. He's no different than anybody else in cycling. He cheated. And because of his cheating ways, Lance Armstrong was stripped of his Tour de France titles. Because of his cheating ways, Lance Armstrong now, he's a fraud. And granted, Livestrong, his foundation is doing well. Livestrong has raised a lot of money for cancer. So as far as I'm concerned, I understand he cheated, but the good that came out of it is good. It's great. I mean, anytime you can raise money to fight the dreaded disease they call cancer, I'm okay with it. Now you could argue that it was it's a little because of what is coming out now. Because of what has came out, you could argue maybe you know. I mean, you could uh, I don't know. I mean, you could argue that okay, this dirty money on some level. You could make that argument because of how the money, how his success came about, and how because of his success he was able to raise as much money as he did. Now I'm under the belief, obviously, again, if you're raising this kind of money to beat cancer, to dread disease, they call cancer. I'm okay with you. You should be doing that. He's raised a lot of money for for cancer survivors, cancer sufferers. I'm okay with that. That's good. That's a good situation. That's good. That's good. But the reality is, he is a fraud. And I don't think we can say it any other way. He is a fraud. He is a fraud. He won those Tour de, Tour de France titles in, in a fraudulent way. He took performance-enhancing drugs. It took performance-enhancing drugs for Lance Armstrong to win, to win the Tour de France. It took that for Lance Armstrong to win the Tour de France. It took 
fraudulent ways. He did it by fraudulent ways, by fraudulent means. He did it in a way that obviously leads us to believe, not believe, leads us to call him what he is, a cheat. He is a cheat. Lance Armstrong is a cheat. He cheated. And if he's going to come out, sure, that's great. Tell us something we don't know. Tell us something that we don't know, Lance. We all know what you did. Now it's just up to you to admit it and come out and just kind of move on with your life. You can do it. People have admitted that they've used steroids and moved on with their life. Why can't you do it? Why can't you do it? Why can't you do it, Lance? It's time to do it. It's time to do it. I think you're, and if, if your motives are wrong in terms of you wanting to just, for your other, you know, to help you restore your athletic career, if that's your motive, okay, fine, so be it. But it's good to tell the truth. The truth, as we all know, shall set you free. And so it's time for Lance Armstrong to set himself free. Set himself free of the lies that he's told over the years. Come out, do a couple of interviews. You can stop by here if you like. Do a couple of interviews. Tell everybody that you, you got caught up. You, you know what? You wanted to make a comeback. You figured one of the best ways for you to make a comeback was using performance-enhancing drugs. Tell them that. Tell them that. Tell them all that, and, and they'll accept you back. You're still making a lot of money for the Live Strong Foundation. You're still getting a lot of money out there. You're still getting uh, donations out there. Donates, people are still donating. They're still donating. Still donating to your foundation. You're still fighting cancer with your foundation. So that, that to me, you know what, if you did it, and I think you did, if you did it, you know what, come out and admit it. But the thing about it is also, by you doing it, you by you coming out and admitting that what you did, you are going to be called a fraud because you are a fraud. You are a fraud. We thought when you were doing it that it was because of hard work, dedication, just fighting, just fighting. The way you fought cancer was the way you were fighting to win these those Tour de France races. But we have now found out over the years that just like everybody else in cycling, you're dirty. You're dirty just like everybody else in cycling. There's a lot of dirty racers in cycling. You're one of them. You're one of the dirty ones, Lance. You're one of the dirty ones. You're no different than anybody else in the sport of cycling. I respect everything you've done to rid this country, this world, of the dreaded disease they call cancer. Much respect for you for doing that. Much respect, much respect, much respect. You get all my respect for that. But where I start to take some of my respect away is when I'm talking about you and you lying, you basically promoting the fact that you, through hard work and no nothing else but hard work, nothing but hard work and dedication, nothing else but that, it's the reason why you are where you are. Well, Lance, the reality is I don't think that's the case. You know it's not the case. We know it's not the case. So it's time to just tell us what we already know. It's time to tell us what we already know. And what we know about you, Lance Armstrong, is that you are a cheat. 
just like everybody else in cycling, and you are an absolute positive fraud. You are absolutely and positively a fraud, Lance Armstrong. You're a fraud. It's time for you to come out now. You are a fraud. The second hour of Go For It starts right now. We're expected to be joined by 49ers corner Chris Culliver. The 49ers are on by this week. They're relaxing right now, resting up right now as they prepare for whoever it may be. I think it's going to be, well, I'll tell you later who it's going to be, but it could be one of the three teams, the Packers, the Seahawks, and the Redskins. It's going to be one of those three teams that the 49ers will host next week in a divisional round. But we're going to join, be joined by Chris Culliver. Talk to Chris about the 49ers as they prepare for whoever they're going to play and as they get ready for the next round and get ready to make another run at the Super Bowl. This is a team that was this close, very close, to getting to the Super Bowl, a team that should have gotten to the Super Bowl. They should have gotten to the Super Bowl. They should have got there. Kyle Williams put the ball on the turf in that particular ball game. Two big turnovers. The Giants cashed in both times, and ultimately that was the difference in that game. The 49ers, in my mind, were the better football team a year ago. They were a better team than the New York football Giants. But those turnovers, turnovers are the great equalizer in football. They are the great equalizer. You can't make mistakes. You can't make mistakes and hurt yourself, hurt your team. And that's what the Niners did. They hurt themselves in that championship game. And that's something they didn't do all last year. I mean, Alex Smith, he was the guy who protected the football only five interceptions a year ago. This Niners team protected the football. They they protected the football. They didn't turn the football over, and they turned you over. They didn't turn the football over, but they turned you over. That's what this Niners team did a year ago. That's what the Niners team did a year ago. Now, obviously, obviously, it's another year, and it's a different Niners team from the quarterback standpoint. Colin Kaepernick is in. Alex Smith is out. Colin Kaepernick has proven to be a little more explosive than Alex Smith. The offense has proven to be a little more explosive with Colin Kaepernick than Alex Smith. The Niners, again, hopefully last year for this ball club, if you're a Niners fan, they learned a lot from that experience. They learned a lot from getting as far as they got a year ago. They got far. They got far, and they were close, also oh close, also oh close in that game. And that was a heartbreaking loss for the San Francisco 49ers. There's no doubt about it. That was a heartbreaking loss. That was a game you had. That was a game you should have won. That was a game that, if it wasn't for, and you hate to, to, to blame one person and obviously – Football's a team game, so one person is not the main reason, not the the only reason, I should say, that you lose a football game. But Kyle Williams' plays, his fumbles, they were big. I mean, I don't think we can can slice it any other way. Those were two big plays at the end, in, in the fourth quarter and overtime 
that cost the Niners that game. The Giants were not going to be able to drive the football the length of the field against that Niners defense. That Niners defense has shut all windows and doors to take something away, to take a line from Mark Zuma off of the Philadelphia 76ers. But that's what they did. That Niners defense, that Niners defense wasn't allowing anything to happen. They shut down that Giants defense, offense, in that particular game. But the Giants, they got two short fields. They got two short fields. They took advantage of those short fields. And ultimately, because of that, they were able to get to the Super Bowl and ultimately win the Super Bowl. But it's a different Niners team. This is a different Niners team this season. And my biggest question for them about the Niners last year was Alex Smith. And my question going into this year and throughout the season was Alex Smith. But when, when, I was, when it's all said and done, obviously Alex Smith is going, Colin Kaepernick is in there, and the Niners look like a much more explosive offensive football team. But I look at it and I say, you know what, I was one of those guys that at the time felt like, you know what, they should stick with Alex Smith because of Alex Smith's ability to protect the football. And I was thinking, you know what, rookie, young quarterback, not a rookie, he's a young quarterback, those second season. Young quarterbacks do young quarterback type things and make young quarterback type of mistakes. That's what young quarterbacks do. And I was thinking, you know what, at some point, Colin Kaepernick could do what young quarterbacks do, and that's make mistakes. But to his credit, to his credit, Colin Kaepernick has played well, has not made a lot of mistakes for the San Francisco 49ers, and makes the 49ers probably about, well, not probably, makes the 49ers a better team. He makes them a better football team. On the offensive side of the ball, just generally speaking, he makes them a better football team. He makes them a better football team. And his 49ers team, because of the play of Colin Kaepernick, to me, are a team now much more explosive, a team now that definitely is in good position to get to the Super Bowl and ultimately win a Super Bowl. Colin Kaepernick, and the way he's played, stepping in for Alex Smith, 10 touchdowns, only three interceptions. So he's protected the football. He's protected the football. He protects the football. He has protected the football, like Alex Smith has done. Give Kaepernick a lot of credit for that. Give the Niners and Jim Harbaugh a lot of credit for going with Colin Kaepernick. When a lot of people felt, you know what, there was a lot of people out there that thought, you know what, maybe you stick with Alex Smith, stick with the veteran, stick with the guy who protects the football, stick with the guy who basically lost his job because of injury. Stick with that guy. And you always hear it over the years. You can't lose your job from because of an injury. That's obviously a fallacy. It is what it is. If you lose out, if you get injured, you get hurt, and someone else steps in and does a better job than you, then it is what it is. It is what it is. You have to step back and say, you know what? He got in. You know what? He's played better than me. He may be even better than me. And there's nothing I really can do about it but just wait my turn. And, you know, in today's NFL, Obviously, you need two quarterbacks on your roster because of injuries. And, you know, 
who knows? Alex Smith could get another chance at this. You never wish you you always you obviously want Colin Kaepernick to stay healthy, but you never know. Alex Smith could get another shot at this. You never know what could happen in the game of football, in the game of life. Truthfully, you just never know what could happen. So, it's Kaepernick's team right now, and a barring injury, it's going to be Kaepernick's team for the for not only this year, but into next year and probably for years to come. Alex Smith is going to be traded and or released. But he's going to have an opportunity somewhere else. I think the best spot for Alex Smith is the New York Jets. But obviously with Mark Sanchez and his contract and everything, it could be difficult. But I think that's the perfect spot for Alex Smith in New York with the Jets because the way Alex Smith protects the football, the way Alex Smith... Uh, you know the way he, how efficient he is, the way he manages the game, and with that defense with the Jets, the Jets usually always have and have have had a, a big time stout defense, but we don't know what's going to happen because they're they're a lot of money over the cap, about twenty million over the cap, and they may have to cut some guys loose. They may have to cut some guys loose, the Jets. So we don't know how strong that defense will be next year. And speaking of the Jets, I mean Rex Ryan. Um, some pictures in the New York Post of Rex Ryan out on the beach with his lovely wife. And, you know, he had a tattoo on, on his arm. Looks to be his picture of his wife or some woman in a Mark Sanchez jersey, a number six green jersey. So Rex not only has a lot of love for his wife, but he also has a lot of love, I guess, for Mark Sanchez as he's tattooed his jersey on his arm. <laughs> Very interesting. Very, very interesting to see. Very, very interesting to see Rex, Rex uh, Ryan out there with his wife, joining the sun, relaxing, kicking back as his New York Jets are home. Mike Tannenbaum loses his job, which is not a surprise to me. Um, I thought maybe Rex would keep his job and Tannenbaum would be the one that would, would basically suffer. He would be the one that would take the fall for what happened with the New York Jets over the past couple of years. Obviously, I mean, you know, I, I mean, Rex probably know what was going on in terms of some of the moves that he made, but that Tebow trade was a mess. Fourth, sixth-round pick for Tim Tebow for a guy that you barely utilized, a guy who was a punt protector. That was a mess. That was a mess. So that was a, you know, that that was an absolute mess. That whole Tebow thing was an absolute positively, absolutely positively a mess. Absolutely, positively a mess. There's no doubt about that one. It was a mess. Tim Tebow, the New York Jets, was a mess. It was a mess. It was a mess. But anyway, anyway, you look at it with the Jets, and Black Monday was dark for a lot of people. Andy Reid, Philadelphia, gone. But he since picked up and, and, and resurfaced. With the Kansas City Chiefs, you knew that he was going to resurface somewhere. Lovey Smith, gone. The Bears ended the season on a two-game winning streak. But the Bears weren't able to get to the playoffs for a second consecutive year. One of the reasons for that was, you know, Jay Cutler gets hurt. Gets hurt, you know, against uh, the Texans. Gets hurt, misses a few games this year. Missed a few games last year. And because of that, that helped, that that really hurt the Chicago Bears. They probably would have made the playoffs both years if they had a healthy Jay Cutler. 
if they had a healthy Jay Cutler for 16 games, they probably would be in the playoffs both years. And this is a team that was Lovey Smith and his Bears were two years two years ago. Lovey Smith and the Bears were in the NFC title game. That was two years ago. Two years ago, Lovey Smith and the Bears were in the NFC title game. Now, now, Lovey Smith has lost his job. Lost his job. Romeo Cornell lost his job, no surprise there. His Chiefs were 2-14, had a lot of struggles. No surprise. He lost his job. Chan Gailey lost his job in Buffalo. Again, not really a surprise. Buffalo team that Ryan Fitzpatrick got the money, and after he got the money, he's been awful, god-awful the past couple of years. Once he got paid, that's the worst thing that happened to him because he was awful ever since. Once he got paid, he just was awful. North Turner finally lost his job. Not really a surprise there. I mean, North's been hanging on, hanging on by threads the past couple of years, but it's finally done for North. Ken Wisenhunt lost his job in Arizona. I thought he would possibly stay there. Arizona, this was a team that Ken Wisenhunt a few years back got to the Super Bowl, but the reality in Arizona is they were never able to replace Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner was never been ha, has not been replaced. I mean, he got to the Super Bowl with Warner in 2008, came back, got to the playoffs again for the second year in a row with Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner retires. Derek Anderson comes in. He stinks. Kevin Cobb comes in. He pretty much stinks. Can't stay healthy. Can't stay on the field. John Skelton plays a little bit. He stinks. Ryan Lindley, he plays a little bit. He stinks. So the reality is a lot of stinky quarterbacks in Arizona. Ken Wisenhunt lost his job because of the stinky quarterbacks in Arizona. That was a big reason why. That was a big reason why. Pat Shermer in Cleveland, he lost his job. No surprise there. He's gone without a job. Gone. No job. So the Jacksonville Jaguars, this is a team now. They replaced their coach. And, I mean, no surprise there. Jacksonville, a bad football team. A bad football team in Jacksonville. An absolute positively bad football team in Jacksonville. And because of that guy, he lost his job. Coaches are losing their job. It is what it is. It is what it is. You're hired to be fired. That's life in the NFL. Hired to be fired. That's that's it. It's only 32 jobs. It's only 32 jobs in the National Football League. Only 32. Only 32 jobs. So because of that, because of that, because of only 32 jobs in the NFL, you can't have them all. You can't have them all. You can't. So you're hired to be fired. You're hired to be fired. And that's it. They're hired to be fired. And I said Mike Malarkey with the Jacksonville Jaguars. He didn't get fired, but the GM in Jacksonville got fired. 
Geno, uh, Gene Smith got fired. So Malarkey stays, Gene Smith goes, and you wonder if another shoe will drop with Mike Malarkey. You wonder. You wonder. So Black Monday was black for a lot of teams, a lot of coaches. It was a black, dark day. And, I mean, it's not surprising what happened to a lot of these teams. It was a black, dark day for a lot of teams. A lot of teams, it was black. For a lot of coaches, it was black. But when it's dark, the sun ultimately rises. The sun ultimately rises. And it will rise for these teams. It will rise for these teams. It will rise. Maybe for the Kansas City Chiefs after bringing Andy Reid in. The winning this coach in Philadelphia Eagles history. The winning this coach in Eagles history. He is the winning this coach in Eagles history, Andy Reid. And he's resurfaced in Kansas City. He's resurfaced in Kansas City. And there was talk earlier in the week that he would go to the Arizona Cardinals. Turns out that wasn't true. So he went to Kansas City. What happens now with the Chiefs? Obviously, Andy Reid is bringing in his people. Scott Pioli is gone. So Andy Reid is going to bring in his people there. Talk. He's going to bring back Juan Castillo back to his staff as the offensive line coach where he rightfully belongs. Juan Castillo, we all know what happens when it happened when he was a defensive coordinator. But you look at the Kansas City Chiefs. Where did they go? Where did the Chiefs go in terms of quarterback? Obviously, you need a quarterback. Matt Castle is not the answer. Brady Quinn, obviously, is not the answer. Both of those guys are not the answer. They are not the answer. They're not the answer. So, obviously, Andy Reid needs a quarterback. Does he go the, the route of the draft and, and, and draft a quarterback there and put that quarterback out there? Or does he, does, he, does he bring Michael Vick to Kansas City? Does he try to bring Kevin Cobb to Kansas City? Does he try to bring Alex Smith to Kansas City, who's going to be available? Where does Andy Reid go in terms of a quarterback? That should be interesting to see. And we all know that situation could be turned around very quickly. We see the top two teams, the two worst teams, I should say, in football a year ago, the Redskins and the Colts. They're in the playoffs. Granted, it helps to have an RG3, and it helps to have uh, an Andrew Luck. Those things, that, that helps. That that helps. That really helps. It helps to have those guys. But you look at this team, the Kansas City Chiefs, I don't think the cupboard is bare. I really don't. Jamal Charles is, is a guy who's still in the mix for you. 1,500-yard rush. you got a 1,500-yard rush from Jamal Charles still there. So you you have some players there in place. You have some players there in place. Obviously, you need a quarterback. You need a quarterback. Dwayne Bowe, you need a quarterback is there. You need a quarterback, and then that's it. You need a quarterback. And 
Obviously, Matt Castle is not the answer at quarterback. He's not. Matt Castle is not the answer at quarterback. We, we've seen it. It hasn't been successful. And, you know, Matt Castle ultimately, you could say, cost, 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 I should say, Scott Pioli his job. Cost him his job. Got Justin Houston there on the defensive side of the football. Ten big sacks for the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, there's players there. Tom Bailey, Eric Berry, Brandon Flowers. There are some players there. And you could turn this thing around real quickly. You just got to draft well. Andy Reid hasn't done that with the Philadelphia Eagles the past couple of years. But that's what you have to do. You got to draft well. Sign some good free agents. Get some good free agents in there. But most, most importantly, you got to draft well. That's the key to any rebuilding program. That's the key to turning any program around and sustaining your program is through the draft. That's what you have to do. You have to draft well. But Andy Reid over these past couple of years has not drafted well. Andy Reid over the past couple of years has done a poor job in terms of assembling a coaching staff. Juan Castillo's defensive coordinator, Exhibit A. Firing Juan Castillo and bringing in Todd Bowles, Exhibit B. Uh, bringing in a Howard Mudd. Well, yeah, the offensive line struggle, bringing in a Howard Mudd, Jim Washburn, Exhibit C. I mean, these are things that Andy Reid has done over the past couple of years. You could argue even signing Michael Vick to a long-term contract in 2010 or after the 2010 season, going into the 2011 season was a mistake. I mean, Michael Vick after that 2010 season was not very good in terms of protecting the football, turning the football over a lot, turning the football over too, way too much in that two-year span, way too many times. You can't turn the football over the way Michael Vick did over these past two years and be successful. But with all that being said, I, I still argue and, and make this point in terms of the Philadelphia Eagles a big reason for their inability to win some of the games that they should have won was probably, well, you can argue that defense, which lost five fourth-quarter leads last year, or 2011, I should say. You can't lose five fourth-quarter leads and expect to have success. You get one of those, you win one of those games. You win one of those games, and you're in the playoffs last season. You just win one of those games, and you're in the playoffs. So, but anyway, it's a fresh start for Andy Reid, fresh start for the Chiefs. And, you know, Andy Reid is an opportunity now to, to continue, continue on, continue to, to, to have success. I mean, he has a lot of success. He's had a lot of success. He did and has done everything but win a championship. Five NFC title games, 130 wins, 10 more in the playoffs. He's done everything but win a title. Everything but win a title. We'll see if that changes in 2013 with the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll see as he carves out another a new legacy for himself in Kansas City. A lot of people, you hear a lot of people say, I heard Steve Mariucci say it, Deion Sanders say it. Or a lot of people say, believe it, and Andy Reid, you know what, maybe it's time for you to take a year off. Take a year off. Spend time with your wife, your kids. Now, you're dealing with a tough situation with your son dying in the off season. Maybe this is the time where you take that step back, 
get your mind right, spend some time with your family possibly, and, and really examine your life, enjoy life, and then go back into coaching. But that's not what Andrew Reed, that's not what he's about, obviously. And maybe this is a way for him to, to kind of deal with all this, is to keep working, kind of keep his mind off things, stay busy. Because maybe the moment he stops staying busy is the moment he starts thinking about a lot of things. And the moment it starts to hit him and it starts to hurt him. So maybe this is the best thing for Andy Reid. Obviously, we all grieve differently. We all handle things in life differently. That's just life. That's what we do. We we, we all handle things differently. And Andy Reid, this is the way he's going about handling things. He's handling things like moving on. Moving on and keep on going, keep pushing. Keep pushing, keep moving, keep pushing. That's what Andy Reid is doing, and he's off to Kansas City with the Kansas City Chiefs, and Andy Reid is looking out the car, looking to carve out another, a new legacy for himself, and we'll see how successful he can be. First thing first, he needs a quarterback. He needs a quarterback. And if he wants success in Kansas City, he's going to need a quarterback. That's what he's going to have to do. He's going to have to take care of that quarterback position. Matt Castle, Brady Quinn, is not getting it done for you. And we all know Andy Reid and what he's done with quarterbacks over the year. Donovan McNabb, Kevin Cobb on some level. Cobb had some success. Some success, not a lot, but some success. And even Michael Vick and how he transformed Michael Vick in 2010. And Michael Vick had that big time year in 2010. So Andy Reid, he knows quarterbacks. He knows quarterbacks. He knows quarterbacks. And we'll see how much that knowledge and his ability to groom quarterbacks, how much that will help him with the Kansas City Chiefs. But first things first, he needs a quarterback. I want to go to college football now. and Big-time game, big-time game, big-time game, Monday, BCS title game for all the marbles, for all the marbles, for it all, for it all, for it all, and that's big. But before we get to that, let's go to break. You're listening to Go For It on Block Talk Radio. Almeida, a.k.a. Corey Live, host of Picturica on the Hub and warm-up host for American Idol and Dancing with the Stars. And right now, you are listening to Go For It on Blog Talk Radio with my man Paulie G and Jeremy. Get it! And we're back. Any moment now, we're going to be joined by a guy whose team right now is resting, relaxing, getting their minds right, getting their minds ready to go. The 49ers are on a bye right now, so... They're preparing for whoever they're going to play. Could be the Packers, could be the Redskins, could be the Seahawks. We shall see. But let's bring him in now. Corner for the San Francisco 49ers. Cully's in the house. The one and the only, Chris Culliver. Chris, how are you, man? Hey, how's it going? Doing well. Thanks for joining us. Oh, yeah. Thank you for having me. And, Chris, 
you guys, you get the number two seed last week after beating the Cardinals and having the Packers lose to the Vikings. You get that second seed, which is big. You get the bye, which is big. How important is this bye for you guys? Uh, it's real important because it can get our, you know, as you know, if you get a bye week, you know, you got time just to settle down a little bit and just to relax for a couple of days and things like that. But also, you know, definitely still have our mind mindset on a, on a, on our main prize. But, uh, you know, dude, like I said, just having that bye week, you can just relax and just to calm your nerves for a little bit. You know, it's kind of like a little mini bye week during, like you have during the season. So, you know, it's always good to recover and understand your opponent and just having, like I said, a little time off, not banging your body as much. <laughs> And that's always a good thing at this time of the year. And looking at it, Chris, I mean, you guys needed the Packers to lose in order to secure that number two seed. Did you do a little scoreboard watching last week? Be honest. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, a little bit, but I ain't, you know I me, mean? I don't do too, I don't do too much. So I watched a little bit of it. I know Adrian, Adrian Peterson was running wild, but uh, it was cool. And you guys ultimately, Adrian Peterson ran wild, and ultimately because of that, you guys get – that second seed. You look at you guys now, you won three of the final four games. You ultimately get that second seed. How do you guys feel right now going into the playoffs? How do you feel about your team going into the playoffs? Uh, we, we feel good. You know, we we all on the same page right now, and uh, that, that's what it's going to take for us to continue this, this uh, journey that we have, that we got going. And, uh, you know, like I said, just continue that and continue being on the same page and being out there all together as one, you know. And let's look at last year. How much does last year experience, the experience of getting to the NFC title game, losing a tough game to the Giants, but how much did that experience help you guys this year? Uh, it gave us a lot of experience. You know, like I said, we had a short short year last year. And, you know, just to come in and do what we had to do and just to have that focus, you know, we are in the place of where we got to. You know, we definitely is, is, was happy, but, you know, we wanted more. So, you know, we're going to try to – See, we can do this there, and uh, just having that experience in the, in the playoffs, you know, definitely got us more motivated more than anything this year. We're talking the 49ers corner, Chris Culliver. And, Chris, the playoffs are winning, go home. Give the fans an idea of the difference of playing in a regular season game in comparison to a playoff game. Uh, <laughs> regular, regular season, a lot of people, you know, like I said, regular and pretty much if you don't win, you got to go home. So you're going to have people just going a lot a little bit more harder and understanding what's at stake and trying to, you know, make every catch or pass or whatever it takes, you know, to, to get their team to, to that W. And, uh, you know, that that's really the understanding point right there. And uh, a little more harder, a lot of people try to be as physical and, and things, whatever they do. And, I mean, that's, that's just what it's going to have to take. Definitely. I mean, you guys, again, three of, five, three of the final four games, you guys have won, so you guys are playing some decent football at the right time. Let's talk about your defense. Justin Smith, a big part of your defense. He returned to practice this week. He's dealing with the tricep injury. How does Justin look? Uh, he, he's doing good. You know, stud. Cowboy always going to be cowboy, man. And <laughs> he's he a, cool, he a cool dude. I tell you that. He's a cool dude. And, uh, you know, like I said, he, he looked good. So, what's so you're pretty yeah. confident that he'll be able to go out there and contribute for you guys in this playoffs? Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. And, and let's look at, I mean, you look at you guys. I mean, your front four is big time. You got the Smith brothers, Justin and Alden. Talk about how easier those guys make life for you in the secondary. <laughs> make life real, real easy for me. You know, I just <laughs> wait for the ball to be 
to be thrown kind of crazy and uh, just try to make a play on the ball, you know, because I know they're going to get to the quarterback. Definitely. They got there a lot of times. Got there a lot of times over the past two seasons. And, and I look at your defense. A couple weeks ago, you gave up 34 against the Patriots. You gave up 42 against the Seahawks. Did those games shake the confidence of your defense, or you still believe that your defense is still big time and ready to go? No, we, we definitely still feel like our uh, defense big time and ready to go. Like you say, every week, week in and week out, you know, we try to prove what we we able to do. And uh, like I say, every week is not going to go our way defensively. But, uh, you know, like I say, we still go out there with that, that type of mentality. You know, like you don't really see nobody undefeated or, or anything like that. It's just, just see teams give up points or give this or give that, you know, regardless if they they best defense or not, you know, it's hard to do it every single game, you know what I mean? Sometimes right. it's going, going to be a little different than others, you know, as, you know what I mean, everything don't go as, as, as expected or as planned, you know, but, you know, we keep playing, we keep going hard, and that's what we do as a defense. And now... Your team, the 49ers, on the offensive offense side of the ball, excuse me, you made the switch from Cap, from Alex Smith to Colin Kaepernick. I have to be honest, the, the 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 offense looks much better under Kaepernick than Alex Smith. But all in all, talk about the play of Colin Kaepernick. Uh, Cap, Cap is a good quarterback. Uh, he something he brings different is he he kind of like his own check down, you know, as I say. And uh, he did. If it's not there, he's gonna take it down to his house and run. And uh, you know, that, that's the thing. That's the thing about him. But like I say, we both we, we still got two wonderful quarterbacks. And uh, you know, hopefully we'll see what, what happens with that. You know, I don't know. That's offense. But uh, you know, like I say, Kevin is a good good quarterback. I was a good quarterback. Don't take nothing from either one of them. You know, got two different two different games and stuff like that. But you know. Whatever coach feel like the best decision, and he'll go with it. <laughs> and, and a lot of you never know in the National Football League anything can happen. Anything can happen. Yeah. So who knows if Alex Smith, will, Alex Smith could get another opportunity this season. You never know what could happen in football. And Chris, let's talk about you now. Your numbers are up across the board from your rookie season. Talk about your play in 2012. Uh, I just try to go harder than what I did last year. I understand a lot more. Uh, it's getting a lot easier for me. And I love, you know what I mean, I love the competition. I love being on, you know I mean, every team play like the Cardinals, being on Larry Fitzgerald or what's his name, Calvin Johnson or Brandon Marshall. I love being on those guys. Like I say, just being on that just gave me more confidence and made me want to go out there and, and compete with them, so-called in-and-out uh, good good players and things like that. So, <laughs> Well, in order in order to be the best, you got to go go up against the best, and those guys that you mentioned, they are the best in the game. So, definitely, that's what it's all about. We're talking to Forty Niners corner Chris Culliver, and Chris, we actually have a couple things in common, man. Your mom is a Temple grad. I'm a Temple grad. You grew up in the Philadelphia area. I grew up a little outside of Philly and Ambler. You have a oh, great, yeah. great relationship with your mom. I got a great relationship with my mom. But all in all, talk about your relationship with your mom and how much she shaped you. Oh, my mom saved me a lot, man. Just coming, just seeing her as a single parent coming up in Philly, and you know, what I mean, just the way how she go about things. She, she's definitely a strong woman, and I give all the credit in the world to her. And uh, like I said, that's, that's Mom Dukes right there, and can't take, can't never take nothing from Mom Dukes, man. And actually, today is her birthday, and I want to actually give her a special shout out today. Hopefully, okay. if she listen or hear it, you know, uh, it's, it's her birthday today, so shout out to my mom. <laughs> <laughs> happy birthday happy birthday and I'm wondering I mean your mom went to Temple 
why didn't Chris Culliver go to Temple and follow in his mother's footsteps? Follow in my footsteps. Nah, that, that actually moved moved from Philly my uh, going into my sophomore year. You know, you know how it is in Philly, and then right, right, right. I mean, a lot of people don't don't get the opportunities that you do down south or somewhere else. You know, and uh, I just kind of started going a different route. You know what I mean? And living with my living with my father and things like that, and being in North Carolina for the for the uh, past couple years and uh, in my up to my senior year in uh, high school, and uh, you know, great things started coming upon me, and uh, you know, everything started working for for me. Were you an Eagles fan growing up? Huh? Were you an Eagles fan? Yeah, when I was growing up, I was. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So that probably felt good last year when you came to when you came to Philadelphia. You guys got the victory. Yeah. Oh, that was yeah, probably a yeah. big moment for you. Yeah, definitely, it definitely was. And, and playing against Vic, you know. Definitely. Supposed to be one of the good, good player and always one, you know, who don't want to play against Michael Vick. It definitely, definitely <laughs> was good times, though. <laughs> And, Chris, you got four teams playing now in the NFC this weekend. You guys can play three teams, either the Packers, the Seahawks, or the Redskins. Do you have a preference? Uh, no. Green Bay going to be a show. I know that. Right. <laughs> and uh, we play them. Maybe that's going to be a show. Uh, Seahawks going to be a show. Uh, Redskins, we don't, you know, obviously we don't know much about them, but, you know, just them two to to uh, teams right there, you know, we, we know much about. We played them, play Green Bay the first game, and, you know, see how we've seen them multiple times throughout the, throughout the year. And, uh, you know, it's definitely going to be a battle regardless on who, who we play. Well, it, it's – it's probably going to be the Packers. I'm going to just uh, uh, tell you right now. It's probably going to be the Packers. So well, get ready good. for you know the Green Bay Packers, the team that you beat earlier in the season. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Aaron Rodgers is coming to town. <laughs> <laughs> just so you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely that. I like Aaron. He's a cool, he's a cool, cool guy. And, you know, your Gamecocks, they had a big victory this week. Talk about that. Oh yeah, I had to. We had to get at the Michigan boys, man. You know they was talking. A couple of people was talking a little smack in the locker room. You know, had Mario Manningham, Coach Harbaugh. You know, little little uh, Michigan guys. But uh, now nah, we we it was kind of cool though, man. I'm definitely proud of my game, Coach. You know, uh, Coach Perry really got the program uplifted, and uh, we're going well right now. So definitely, that. you boys got it done, and that's got to be a big moment for you. Definitely a big moment. For you, Chris, I know you're on Twitter. Where can fans connect with you on Twitter? Oh, yeah, holla at me, uh, Cully in the house, man. That's regular C-U-L-L-Y-I-N-T-H-E-H-O-U-S-E. Holla at me. Cully's in the house. Cully's in the house here. He's in the house on Twitter. Follow this man on Twitter. His San Francisco 49ers are on by, resting up, get ready. All in all, do you feel better this, about this year's team more so than last year's team? Is there any difference? Uh, I feel like I feel like we we come together a lot. We came together last year, even though we didn't have much time. But this year, I feel like we understand one another. And I think okay. that's what helps us out. This it's, it's hard to to only lose two or three, or you know, I mean, a couple of games and stuff like that throughout the whole sixteen year, sixteen games that we have. And um, I, I think we we came we come together a lot and kind of know each other more than we what we did last year. Definitely, definitely. You guys, you're ready. You're obviously ready. You sound ready. Your team sounds ready. Everybody sounds ready. 
Uh, you you got to be looking forward to getting out there next weekend. Oh, yeah, definitely do. Chris, it was a pleasure talking to you, man. We wish you nothing but the best of luck, man, and let's do it again. Oh, yeah, definitely. We definitely got to link up, man. Thanks for having me. Come on. Take care. Oh, yeah, you too. Thank you. Chris Culliver, corner for the San Francisco 49ers. Cully in the house. The 49ers now. Big game. Big football game in two weeks. Well, next week, I should say. But it's probably going to be the Green Bay Packers. And let's get to my picks. I guess I just let the cat out of the bag with the Green Bay Packers. But I can't see the Minnesota Vikings going into Green Bay and beating the Packers one more again. I can't say, well, they beat, they lost in, the, in Green Bay a year ago. Well, not a year ago, a few weeks ago. But I can't see them beating the Packers again, especially off of what happened last week. But it's not out of the question because the Minnesota Vikings and Adrian Peterson, 409 yards against this Packer defense. 409 yards against this Packer defense. That's a lot. The difference, the difference in the game was the play of Christian Ponder. Christian Ponder, last week, 234 yards, three big touchdowns. Christian Ponder, four weeks ago, 119 yards, two big red zone interceptions. That's not going to get it done. But if Christian Ponder can play, can play the type of football where he's not turning it over, I think the Vikings have a very good shot. I know they have a very good shot. But guess what? Aaron Rodgers is a beast. He's a problem. The Packers are playing good football, even though they lost last week. Before last week, they've been playing some good football. It was a shootout situation in that particular game. It was a situation where the Vikings needed that game. It was win or go home for the Minnesota Vikings. And they played big-time football. They stepped up. So, with that being said, here is my pick. The Minnesota Vikings go home. Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers move on. Aaron Rodgers has a big-time game today against the Minnesota Vikings. Adrian Peterson, I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I think the Green Bay Packers do a good job against Adrian Peterson. I don't know why, because obviously 400 big yards in two games is a lot of yardage. But I get the sense that this Packers defense is going to step up. Aaron Rodgers is going to step up, and I actually like, and I think Christian Ponder is going to struggle today. I actually like the Packers in a rout. I think the Packers blow out the Minnesota Vikings in this game. I like the Green Bay Packers. If you got money out there, put it on the Packers for entertainment purposes only. But I like the Green Bay Packers. I, I think they are obviously the better team in my mind, and, and I think they're going to come out and they're going to play inspired football, especially coming off what happened last week against the Vikings. I expect a big-time performance by Aaron Rodgers. The difference is Aaron Rodgers played well in both of those games. The difference is Christian Ponder stepped up. I don't expect Christian Ponder to step up again. I don't expect him to step up again. And I expect the Packers to have some success against Adrian Peterson. The numbers would tell you otherwise. The numbers obviously would tell you otherwise. But I, I just have a feeling. I got a feeling. Just have a feeling. I got a feeling that. I got a feeling that the Packers are going to step up today. I, I really do. But we'll see. We shall see. The other game today, Houston Texans. 
and the Cincinnati Bengals. The Cincinnati Bengals, a team that was 7-1 down the stretch, a team that was hot down the stretch, a team that's played big-time football down the stretch. Cincinnati played big-time football down the stretch to put themselves in this position. A big victory in Pittsburgh going into this into the Steel City and went in there. They played big-time football, blowing out the Giants as well. They played big-time football. The Houston Texans, on the other hand, they're limping. They're limping into these playoffs. They're limping. They are limping into these playoffs. But with all that being said, with all that being said, don't sleep on this Houston Texans team. This is a team that went into Denver and beat the Denver Broncos. They went into Denver and beat the mighty Denver Broncos. Granted, it was early in the season. Granted, Peyton Manning wasn't the same type of quarterback that he is now, but they still went into Denver and beat up on the Broncos. Don't sleep on this Texans team. Don't sleep on this defense. Don't don't sleep on this defense. And the thing about this, both of these teams get after the quarterback. But let me tell you what the difference is and what could be the difference. The Cincinnati Bengals offensive line has given up 46 sacks. That's 26 in football. 46 sacks this offensive line has given up. 46 sacks. The Houston Texans, conversely, they're seventh in that category, only giving up 28 sacks. they only given up 28 sacks, that Houston Texans offensive line. The Cincinnati Bengals offensive line has given up 46 big sacks. Th- think about that number. Think about that number as you watch the game, J.J. Watt. Now, granted, J.J. Watt has had some struggles down the stretch, but keep that in your mind. Keep that in your back pocket. And the Houston Texans, they get after the quarterback, obviously with J.J. Watt, obviously with Connor Barwin, Antonio Smith as well. But this team, they're sixth in quarterback sacks. Obviously, the Bengals are third. Texans, 44 big sacks this year. The Bengals, 51 big sacks this year. Don't, 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 don't sleep on the Houston Texans. Please do not sleep on the Houston Texans. I know how they ended the year. We all know how they ended the year. I know they limped into the playoffs. I get that. Don't sleep on this Houston Texans team, though. Please don't. Please don't. They were 11-1 for a reason at one point in this season. They were 11-1 for a reason at one point in this season. Don't sleep on this team. But now, to me, right now, it's time to make the pick. Drum roll. Come on in. The Houston Texans move on. They beat the Cincinnati Bengals. I know the Cincinnati Bengals have been playing well. I know the Texans have not been playing well. I know the Cincinnati Bengals. I know this is a rematch game, so you have to favor the Bengals in some respect. But you got to remember this. This is in Houston. This is a Texan team that everybody has been jumping off that bandwagon. Everybody's jumping off left and right. Everybody's sleeping now on this Houston Texans team. They're sleeping. Well, guess what? You better wake up. Wake up now. Don't sleep on this team. Wake up. This Houston Texans team is going to be a tough team to beat in these playoffs, and they're going to start start that with a victory today against the Cincinnati Bengals. And if you want to score, I'll give you a score. I like the Cincinnati Bengals to lose this game, 31 to 17. The Texans will win, 31 to 17. Look for look for a big time performance out of Matt Schaub, and I expect the Texans defense to get after Andy Dalton. And I expect J.J. Watt to have a big-time game as well. 
again, 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 again. I like the Houston Texans to win this big game against the Cincinnati Bengals. That's Saturday. That takes care of Saturday. Texans, Vikings. Texans move on, and the Packers move on. I said the Vikings. But the Texans and Packers Packers move on in these playoffs. You'll see. You'll see. You'll see. You'll see. Let's go to Sunday. Let's go to Sunday. Colts, Ravens, Ray Lewis, probably his final game in Baltimore. Ray Lewis said earlier this week, I'm done after this season. Ray Lewis is back. Will that be enough to motivate this Ravens team? This is a team, even with Ray Lewis in the lineup, has had some trouble stopping the run, has had some trouble stopping the pass. This is a team that you can score points against. Teams have scored points against this Ravens defense. This is not the 2000 Ravens defense. Joe Flacco, he's had some struggles near the end of this season. Had some struggles, but the the game that he did start against the Giants Last week against the Bengals was essentially a preseason game, but the game he started against the Giants the week before, he was performed well. He was big time in that game. And maybe that'll be enough. Maybe he's, he's turned a corner on some level. Maybe the Ravens are ready to turn a corner, get things right. They played well earlier in the season, struggled again down the stretch. In the Indianapolis Colts, the one thing about the Colts, they're, they're a team now that hasn't beaten a lot of playoff teams. This is a team also that – with Andrew Luck, Andrew Luck has had a great year. Andrew Luck has put this team in position to be in the playoffs. Andrew Luck has done a lot of big things for the Indianapolis Colts. But the thing about this now, Andrew Luck, unlike uh, unlike Wilson in Seattle, unlike RG3 in Washington, he doesn't. He does turn the football over. He does turn the football over. 18 interceptions for Andrew Luck. This season. So there are opportunities there for turnovers. And oh, by the way, Ed Reed is lurking. Ed Reed is lurking. Ed Reed is lurking. Ed Reed is lurking. With that being said, with that being said, it's time to make the pick. Baltimore Ravens move on. The Baltimore Ravens move on. Ray Lewis wins his final game in Baltimore, and the Ravens move on. The Ravens go to the next round. It ends there for the Ravens, but they do win today, and they beat, I should say tomorrow, and they beat the Indianapolis Colts. And the marquee matchup tomorrow, the marquee matchup tomorrow, the marquee matchup tomorrow, the Redskins and the Seattle Seahawks. Both of these teams playing big-time football. Seahawks, 7-1 in their final eight games. Redskins, 7-0 in their final seven games. Both of these teams are hot. Both of these teams are led by big-time rookie quarterbacks. RG3, 20 big touchdowns, only five interceptions. Russell Wilson, 26 touchdowns, only 10 interceptions. And you look at it, the Redskins, they're hot. Seattle, they're hot. So it's two hot teams playing tomorrow, playing tomorrow at 4.30. Two very hot teams, very hot teams. Both of these teams run the ball very well. Both of these teams run the ball very well. Redskins, number one in running the ball. Seahawks, number three in running the ball. 
So both of these teams, they run the ball very well. They get it done on the ground. They get it done on the ground, both of these teams. They get it done on the ground. Seahawks third, Redskins first. The difference now, and you could argue maybe the difference is the Seahawks on the road. This is a far different team on the road than they are at home. 8-0 at home, 3-5 and on the road. 8-0 at home, 3-5 and on the road. So guess what? The Seahawks team is a far different team on the, on the road than they are at home. Guess what? Do you have to say advantage Redskins because of that? Do you have to say advantage Redskins because of that? Maybe. Maybe. Seattle's going to come at the Redskins with that pass rush. RG3, we'll see how healthy he is. Is he ready to go? Is he going to be as healthy as he was um, at the beginning of the year? Probably not, but he's got to be a little more healthier than he was last week. And he was pretty good last week, but hopefully he'll get even better this week if you're a Redskins fan. Hopefully. It's going to be a great football game. It's going to be a smash-mouth type of football game. It's going to be a read-option type of game. It's going to be that type of game. And I'm having a hard time going against RG3. I'm having a tough time going against RG3. I'm really struggling, really struggling about this pick. I'm on the fence right now about this pick. And RG3 and the Redskins, they've been big time. Seattle, not the same team at home that they are on the road. RG3 and the Redskins run the ball like no other. Seattle does the same. Seattle has a big-time defense. Redskins' defense has been playing better of late. And the Redskins are at home. Seattle's coming all the way from Seattle. That's a long flight. That's a long flight. And this is a team that has not played well on the road. With that being said, let's get my pick. Here's the pick. I'm going with the Seattle Seahawks. I'm going with Beast Mode, Marshawn Lynch, and Russell Wilson. They're going to come across the country, and they're going to beat the Redskins. They're a better football team on the defensive side of football. I think you've got to say the advantage Seahawks because of what they can do on the defensive side of football. Richard Sherman, now Brandon Browner is back. This team is fortified. This team is hot, and they're going to continue that hotness moving forward, and they're going to beat the Washington Redskins. All in all, all in all, when it's all said and done, when this thing is all said and done, there are going to be two teams left standing for the Super Bowl. I like the Denver Broncos in the AFC. That's the team that I picked at the beginning of the year, and I'm going to stick with that. I like the Broncos in the AFC. And in the NFC, I'm having a tough time. I'm having a tough time. I'm having a real tough time. You got Seattle out here, who I love. The Falcons, who are playing at home through these playoffs, and a team that's had some struggles in these playoffs over the past couple years, but a team now that seems poised to get it done. But you have the 49ers team. Callan Kaepernick is in there. Kaepernick is balling. The 49ers offense looks better than it did a year ago. 
this is a tough pick. In the AFC, I give it to you, the Broncos. I gave it to you at the beginning of the year. I'm going to stick with that. But in the NFC, here's my pick. Matty Ice finally breaks through. Matty Ice finally went to playoff game or two. Matty Ice finally gets to the Super Bowl. The Falcons get to the Super Bowl against the Denver Broncos, a rematch of a Super Bowl many years ago. A rematch of a Super Bowl many years ago. Obviously, the quarterbacks have changed. Obviously, the players have changed from many years ago. But I like Peyton Manning to put on another ring and continue his epic comeback. The Denver Broncos will be this year's Super Bowl champions. You will see. Let me go to college game real quickly. Notre Dame, Alabama, for all the marbles, for it all, for it all, two historic programs battling it out to see who is the champion. And to me, I look at this and I say, you know what, the difference here comes down to quarterback play. Alabama can stop the run like no other. Notre Dame can stop the run like no other as well. But let's look at the quarterbacks. Quarterbacks, defense win championships, but quarterbacks do too. And let's look at the quarterbacks. McCarron for Alabama. 26 big touchdowns, only three interceptions. Everett Golson for Notre Dame, 11 touchdowns, five interceptions. I have to say... In terms of that, advantage, advantage, Alabama, McCarron, he doesn't turn the ball over. Only three interceptions in the last 16 games. That's big time. That's protecting the football. And Notre Dame, they're 103rd in touchdowns through the air, in passing touchdowns, 103rd. 103rd and 75th in passing offense in the country. So, to me, both of these teams can stop the run. But one of these teams can get it done a lot better through the air. And one of those teams, and that team is Alabama, A.J. McCarron. I like Alabama, I think, or do I like Notre Dame? You never can go against the Irish, the luck of the Irish. But here's my Let's bring in the drum. I'm going Alabama. I can never root for Notre Dame. I'll never root for Notre Dame. I'm going Alabama. A.J. McCarron, the quarterback play is going to be the difference. I don't care about the luck of Irish or the luck of the Irish. It ain't happening this year, Notre Dame. You're not winning it. You should have lost the pit some time ago. Alabama, the big from the big time SEC. They're big time. They're going to win this game. You will see, and you will look back and say, you know what, Paul Gant was right. I want to thank Lorenzo Alexander for stopping by. Make sure you check Lorenzo out tomorrow as his Redskins go up against the Seattle Seahawks. I also want to thank Chris Culliver for stopping for, for stopping by. Excuse me from 
the San Francisco 49ers. Make sure you follow him on Twitter. Cully in the house on Twitter. Follow him and also follow Lorenzo Alexander on Twitter. One Man Gang 97. Also, you can listen to this show and other great shows at blogtalkradio.com slash pgam where you can listen to this show and other great shows. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at go for it Again. For everybody here, go for it. Have a great week. See you later. Take care.